it's a privilege to be here with you all this morning. I'm going to raise this up and hope it doesn't fall back down. Um, used to being spread out. So just a little bit, as Indra had mentioned, I just graduated from Johnson in May um, with a bachelor's in ministry, leadership, and preaching. So I hope this works well for you all um, <laughs> and my professors back at, at school. Anyhow, um, if you don't mind, let's pray, shall we? Father in heaven, we're so thankful for the opportunity that you give us to come and worship. Lord, we thank you for loving us like you do. Loving us like nobody else can and possibly like no one else would. As we look into your word this morning and what you have for us to say, I pray that you would speak through me. And Father, I just pray today that the Holy Spirit would take the word of God and be our teacher today. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, if you would, on however electronic devices or reading along on the screens, you can turn to Acts chapter 2 and, and be ready this morning. And, and um, <clears throat> just I'd like to ask a, a couple questions as we open up. Have you ever focused on something, um, focused on doing something or accomplishing something that you didn't let anything get in your way? Um, I'm sure we all have at one point in, in time of our life. That project or that goal became your personal mission. And you, you overcame obstacles and setbacks and, and you persevered until at last the task at hand was completed, your goal reached, and you can say mission accomplished. These little missions that we that we have come in various sizes and different degrees of effort, and we all realize that. Some are daily. Like for me, it's making it from the bedroom to the coffee pot. Um, some of you, it's fighting traffic to make it to work on time, or getting the children ready for school for the morning. Some are more labor-intensive that we go through in life, like raising our children in hopes to send them off to college or at least launch them out of the house right? And some of them are, are maybe paying off that car or the mortgage becomes a mission for us. Or maybe it's those continuing house renovations that we're on a mission to accomplish and sometimes never seem to, to get done. Or in my case, or our case, finding a church somewhere that God wants us to serve at so I can begin to pay off that student debt. Whatever the case, However the intensity, whatever the mission that you and I are on, we come to understand that it takes commitment and resolve, perseverance and vision from the beginning to the end. Most of my years, as you can tell, I'm not the average college graduate age, um, born in 65. Most of my uh, childhood was spent up during all of the 1970s and part of the 80s. As the youngsters, I watched shows like this one that were full of suspense as they carried out their, their missions that were assigned to them. I laugh because it does tell my age. Um, <laughs> but but uh, against all odds, in the twists and turns of the plots of the, of the show, they completed their missions week after week. You know, And although I was a youngster and I was in suspense all the time, I just knew that they would make it. They would get, they would get it done. 
then there were guys like these who could never seem to get it right up to the very end. They couldn't. There was lack of communication. There was emotional instability. There were clashing attitudes and personalities, bumps and bruises and all kinds of calamity. But they made it through, accomplishing their mission. <laughs> and if you're old enough like me, you remember the closing line of the show. I love it when a plan comes together. And I was always like, what plan? <laughs> or maybe you're like the Griswolds. And every vacation is a mission in itself. Maybe you're one of those parents or had parents who, who uh, the vacation trip in itself was all about getting there in record time with the fewest stops possible. Maybe you've heard or said these words. Maybe I was guilty. Maybe you were guilty. Um, we're not stopping until we get there. Or we're only stopping for gas. And you should have gone to the bathroom at the gas station. Don't you dare throw up in this car as you conveniently drive by another rest area or a gas station, right? I, th I think we've, most of us have been in these similar situations when it comes to these kind of, of missions that we have in our life. But we know that they are filled with obstacles and challenges, ups and downs, joys and sorrows, fears and anxieties, especially the unknown and unexpected. Most are relatively short-lived, aren't they? But sometimes we go through things that last much longer. Unlike the things that we just talked about and even laughed at, there's one mission that is far greater, far more eventful, far more meaningful, and sometimes far more dangerous. And it's the mission of God. It's His mission. Richard Leiter, in his book, The Power of Purpose, states this, Only certain kinds of purpose have the potential to be empowering. So being deliberate about identifying our purpose is essential. What determines the power and purpose? ultimately is the worthiness of the aim. Having a purpose that provides real power requires an aim outside of ourselves. Only when our purpose is larger than ourselves can the meaning be deeply savored and long-lasting, not just a goal completed and then forgotten. Well, today is the day of Pentecost, and I'm not sure if you correlated the time between Easter and and today, this Sunday, it's a special day in the history of the church and in the life of every believer, in my life and in your life. What happened on this day is what we read about in Acts chapter 2. It's when the church was born into existence almost 2,000 years ago. Its purpose? One purpose. To carry on the mission of God through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. At first, Pentecost, as we read uh, in Scripture, Pentecost was a Jewish celebration originally referred to as the Feast of Weeks in Exodus chapter 34. And in Numbers 28, it was referred to as the Day of First Fruits. Celebration began 50 days after Passover, which is now our Easter, and it was a celebration 
in harvesting the first fruits of the season and offering them to God as a sacrifice. It was the acknowledgement of His sovereignty over all creation, over everything that He gives us. After the events in Acts chapter 2, though, Pentecost has become part of what we call our liturgical or church calendar. It's marking the beginning of the church and its mission, a mission that has changed the world forever and continues to change the world. One soul at a time, one family at a time, and here one community at a time. The whole book of Acts and the mission of God hinge on Jesus' words in Acts 1.8, where Jesus says to his disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. It is there the mission begins. It is there in the book of Acts that the mission continues. And it is there at the end of the book of Acts where we pick up our mission too. So let's turn to Acts chapter 2, and I'd like to read the first 12 verses this morning. Just so you know, I'll be reading out of the NRSV, New Revised Standard Version, and the Scripture says this, Now when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like a rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and, as be, and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. And just a little bit of background of our, of our scripture that we read, Luke picks up the beginning of Acts where he left off in his first letter, the Gospel of Luke. He leaves off with the ascension of, of our resurrected Lord. He commanded his disciples to wait in Jerusalem, to wait there for the coming of the Holy Spirit and the power they were to receive. In a small upper room, fears, doubts, questions, and anticipation were filling the air. But God breaks through once again from the heavens, bridging the gap and occupying that space 
between heaven and earth in the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'd just like to share with you today that God continues to do that very same thing in the life of each believer today, in my life and in your life. God has come down and occupies that space and bridges that gap between here and there through the Holy Spirit. And so we have, we have an opportunity, we have this, this continuing in the life of each of us as we obey that calling of God as He draws us and, and to surrender ourselves to His will, surrendering ourselves to His purpose and to His mission. Again, Richard Leiter states, each of us is on a lifelong quest to find our purpose. Whether we are consciously pursuing the quest or are vaguely aware something is missing, the quest for unlocking your purpose begins with believing you have one. What powerful words. As we search and look for something, but we must trust this, that God has given each of us a purpose. It's continuing on the mission of God. And continuing on the mission of God is not an option for the Christ follower. My prayer is today as we continue on that we'll gain a deeper understanding of maybe how God completes His mission in and through each of us as He calls us to His mission. <coughs> Excuse me. In John 6, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. And again in John 12, 32, Jesus says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And that was referring to what kind of death Jesus would endure. So as we return to our text in Acts chapter 2, we find Peter standing with the other 11 and preaches the first sermon we have recorded in, <coughs> in the New Testament. Here, as Peter preaches this first sermon, he, he is convicting the hearts of those that heard and changing their lives and the world forever. So we find ourselves in the 22nd verse of Acts chapter 2. And the scripture reads like this. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have attested to you by God. Listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power and wonders and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man, handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of the outside law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. And we'll move to verse 36 through 39. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus who you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
for the promises for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. As we have our memories refreshed about the gospel message from Acts chapter 2 on that day of Pentecost, some of us might remember when we felt this strange feeling maybe coming from inside of us. And, and it was this unexplainable force or urgent desire to, to believe in Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us. He made that sacrifice by giving his, his body and his blood, redeeming us from our sins. And, and each week, as we have, have mentioned, that we're reminded of that call that Jesus called us with. We are reminded of that sacrifice that he made. And not only that, we are reminded of our commitment. Our commitment that we made as we fellowship with him at his table. Some of you today may be experiencing that same kind of unexplainable feeling or that draw on, that comes from within. And you don't know anything about it. You don't know where it's coming from. It's something maybe that you don't have any control over. But God is drawing you. He's drawing you toward himself, calling you to believe, just as he did other people in this room. And so God is the one who calls and, and who draws. And, and uh, we're, we're reminded of Paul, the Apostle Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 5, where Paul writes, God reconciled us to himself through Christ. And has given us, that's me and you, each of us, the ministry of reconciliation. And Paul says, this is what I'm saying. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting the message of reconciliation to us, to me and you. So we, you and I, are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. And so we find out that God pursues reconciliation with us through many different ways. Sometimes it's through our circumstances that God draws on us. Sometimes it's through our family, friends, hardships, other believers. Maybe it's just the hearing of his word, or maybe... It's a song on the radio. God uses many circumstances to, to draw us even closer to his grace and to his mercy and his love. For the scripture tells us that, that God is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but for all to come to a repentance. When we accept God's saving grace and become Christ followers, everything changes as the Holy Spirit begins to reshape us and make us into that new creation that Paul refers to. It's changing us from the inside out. Our thought processes, our hearts, our, our values, our outlook on life, our desires all change, and especially our purpose changes. For now we have one. We have one purpose, to live for God and complete his mission. So we no longer live for ourselves, but for Christ. 
and the Holy Spirit begins to do something inside of us that, again, is unexplainable. The Holy Spirit begins to, to do that change, and, and He starts to e equip us for that which He has called us to. And so don't be afraid of that change that's going on inside of you. Don't think something weird is happening, happening to you, because it is, you know. But God is doing a good work inside of you. So God equips each of us, each believer, for his mission. A few years ago, we took some of our grandchildren to Washington, D.C. One of the places we visited was the International Spy Museum. I don't know how many people have been, been there yet, but it is a fascinating place. It really is. And just so you know, kids, you get to play a game while you're there throughout the whole museum. You get a little card, and you get, to, you get to solve a mystery while you're at the spy museum, while your parents go off doing something else. But it's fascinating to see all these gadgets that have been invented for spies to carry out their mission. You're not going to believe what they have there. They have cameras and listening devices of all shapes and sizes and things you wouldn't believe that could be used to, to spy on other people, to, to record things. And, and uh, there's also all kinds of disguises that they had there and all kinds of weapons. Unbelievable things that they have. I say that to say this. Countries have taken great measures in equipping their secret agents and their spies to complete their mission. They've gone through lengths to come up with these things. And so why wouldn't God do that for us as well, to complete his mission? As we return back to our scripture, we pick up in, towards the end of Acts chapter 2 in verse 42 through 47, and it says this. This is speaking about all those who have come to know Jesus all those who have been added to the church. They devoted themselves, in verse 42, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayers. And awe came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods, distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Likewise, we can be assured, too, that God equips each of us to carry out His mission that He's called us to, providing everything we need, whether it be physical resources or, or uh, spiritual gifts or anything of the sort. God equips us for those things, and you and I have the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. It's the same power that we read about in Acts chapter 2 or in the whole book. In Acts 2.38, the Spirit opens our hearts and minds and makes us aware of the opportunities for, for witnessing and serving others. We have the power of community as we support one another. Fellowship with other believers strengthens our faith as we encourage each other and help each other and we depend on each other. 
Each Christ follower has been issued the armor of God, we find in Ephesians, to fight against the forces of evil, to overcome obstacles, endure hardships, and help us to stay focused on who Christ is. We have God's inspired word to teach us, to train us, to equip us for every good work, correcting us when we need it so that we can speak the truth in love. We are given the power of boldness and self-control so we can hold our ground against the waves of cultural influence that crash against the church and against our Christian morals and ethics. We've been given the power of prayer, enabling us to communicate with God about all things, seeking His help when needed, and praising Him in times of victory and rejoicing. Isn't it wonderful how God equips us and he's given us all these tools that we can use to complete his mission. And so God has called each of us for his purpose by salvation through Jesus. We're assured that God will equip each of us for the mission to which you and I have been called. And God now sends each of us out on mission to share the gospel message of his redeeming love and his eternal salvation. In his book, Salvation to the Ends of the Earth, Andreas Kostenberger writes this, Acts calls every believer today as well to witness to Jesus' resurrection and to proclaim the kingdom of God as part of the ongoing mission D in anticipation of the Lord's return. Each of us. God sends each believer out on mission. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came to his disciples and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. Somewhere after the accounts, we read in Acts chapter 2, the festivals were over. The crowds leave Jerusalem. Each new believer is taking their newfound faith and experiences with them, proclaiming the good news and continuing the mission of God. But what does that look like for me and you? What does that look like for me and you when church is over and we go our separate ways? What does that look like for us during the week? Where do we see ourselves in the mission of God? And sometimes I wonder too, how do I fit into the rank and file here in this mission? And I'm reminded that, that uh, God has placed, as Paul writes, each one placed each member in the body of Christ just as he chooses. And sometimes we wonder where, how can God use me right where I am? What is his purpose in placing me in what I'm doing and, and where I'm living? Some of us have been called to, if you want to call, um, professional ministry. I don't know if that sounds right or not. Um, some of us have been called to, to be youth pastors, children's ministers, worship leaders, preachers, teachers. But God has called you too. 
God has called you as special agents in his mission. Right where you are. Right with what you do. You see, engaging in God's mission does not mean we have to go to foreign countries or, or uh, to be missionaries or even engage in full-time ministry positions. You see, God's mission goes wherever we go. It goes wherever we go. It means witnessing for Christ wherever we go. Some as teachers, some as mechanics, carpenters, nurses, lawyers, stay-at-home parents, in our neighborhoods, at the ball field. You see, wherever we go as believers, the Holy Spirit goes with us. The equipping that God gives us through His Spirit. And He empowers us as witnesses to share the hope that we have in Christ. God will give you the words, I promise. God will give you the power, I promise. God will give you the energy, I promise. Because He's the one that promised to do all that. And so I can stand here today as someone who went to Bible school at the age of 54, that God can do it. And God will give you a purpose. You see, you and I, we live out the mission of God daily by obe being obedient to God and living lives of gratitude and thankfulness that reflect His mercy, His grace and salvation that He gave us through Jesus Christ. Stephen Strauss writes this in The Purpose of Acts and the Mission of God. He says, To be at the center of God's plan for human history, every believer and every congregation must be engaged in mission. Those so engaged are making history in a way that will impact eternity. They must constantly engage those who have yet to hear the good news about our Lord Jesus Christ. Story after story in God's Word, and especially in the book of Acts, is all about God using humanity, me and you, to continue His mission until He returns again. There's really no ending to the book of Acts. It just stops right there in suspense. In century after century, believers have come and believers have gone as they have continued on the mission of God. And here we are, 2,000 years later, God calling us to continue the mission that He began on this day, the day of Pentecost, in Jerusalem, over 2,000 years ago, to a small group of guys who were waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit to come. Wow. How are we fitting into the mission of God? Somewhere on the pages of history, our story joins theirs. Our chapters are being written. And when read, what will our chapters say? Hmm. Jeff said I had 45 minutes. 
But you're lucky because I'm a college grad and I don't have that kind of capacity to, <laughs> to go that long. But I would like to share these words as we begin to close today. And it's out of Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on the one whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Just revisit a couple questions that we asked along the way. How do you and I fit into God's mission? Do you believe you have a purpose? Do you believe as individuals and as, as a congregation that we have a purpose, a mission for God, because there's someone somewhere in your journey through this life that needs to know who Jesus is, that needs to know God loves them, and that needs to know that there's great things waiting for them. And they too can have a chapter in God's story. Maybe you're that person that's really close today. Really close today to accepting the call of God. As you look around this room today, if you're that person, as you look around this room, many people have accepted that call to God and have no regrets. Because God is so gracious and He's so faithful and He will never take you somewhere where He hasn't already been and He will always be there for you. And like I said, I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm like up in the air because we're in between college and a church and, and just searching but we know that God's already been where he's going to send us. We have no idea what it looks like. Just like none of us here today can know what tomorrow looks like. You have a purpose. Each of us have a purpose. And God wants you and me to join with him in his purpose. Today is the church's birthday. Let's kill the fatted calf and have a party. Because this is, this is who we are. This is our day to celebrate the great things God did almost 2,000 years ago in bringing people together to believe in Him. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you today Lord, as you look at us, as you 
search our lives, our thoughts, our hearts. Lord, we are like an open book to you. Lord, and you read us from cover to cover. Lord, you know you know who's on the verge of coming to accept the salvation you have through your Son. Lord, you're intimate with all of us who have come already to share the good news of Jesus Christ. To share the good news that one day you'll make everything perfect again. And Lord, I pray today that as we as we think about these things, as we move through the rest of today and throughout the week, Lord, that we are encouraged and inspired that we too have a part in your mission and that we too have chapters, chapters that we're writing for you and for the world. And so, Father, we pray for your power we pray for your strength. We, we pray that you would continue to equip us for, with everything that we need to serve you. Lord, may we not forget who you are. Lord, may we take confidence and assurance in your presence with us. And Lord, as you draw on the hearts of some today, Lord, I just pray that you would open up a new world, new doors for them, that they come and share your love. Lord, I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.